Thank you so much for jumping onto this podcast today. I'm sitting down with Daniel Gregg, not Daniel Craig. Uh, Daniel is the co-founder of The Outside Kitchen and has got a truly inspiring and amazing story um, from the time that he was working in fashion and used to make the garments for some of the world's top footballers uh, to the time that he was cooking, uh, or should I say making sandwiches for some uh, some of the delis around Leeds, social media barista life when he owned the Costa Coffee franchise and also when he played a little bit of music and so thank you so much for sitting down and listening Daniel's got a truly amazing story um if I haven't hooked you in already with the idea of him making uh clothes for some footballers I'll just say Rio Ferdinand Cristiano Ronaldo John Terry Ashley Cole this guy's got an amazing story so sit down buckle up listen in get yourself a beer or water if you're that way inclined and enjoy peace Podcast number four. Right, guys, we are rocking and rolling. And I, this is t- today, I've got a very special podcast because we have gone international, baby. We are international players right now. Oh, nice. uh, I am j- I'm joined uh, by, uh, we're, we're recording this, so you might end up seeing this at some point, but for now, this is good to be on the podcast. Uh, I am joined today by a chap called Danny Gregg. Uh, Danny is, uh, is, is a guy that uh, I follow on Instagram. Uh, I've also interviewed his uh, business partner for uh, something else that he's doing. Uh, and uh, I wanted to get Danny on because, um, in my opinion, he's a proper entrepreneur. Um, so um, rather than me telling you anymore, let's let's hear. Let's Danny, you you kick us off. Tell us a bit about yourself, and uh, let's go from there. Well, what an intro! A bit humble <laughs> in that, like a proper entrepreneur. I don't know about that, um, but yeah, like Andrew said, I'm I'm Danny Gregg. Uh, happily married to my beautiful wife Heather. We've been been married over. Shoot, 20, 20 years it is this year we've been married, which is uh, an amazing and, and old, achievement. And how old are you? Because you don't seem I'm 38. 38. 38. Yeah, got married at 18. Wow. How cool is that? Well, that is really cool. Yeah, You've really aged very cool. well, Danny, I must say. Well, I've got a great surgeon, Botox. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so 38 years old, happily married. I've got three children. Uh, most people, obviously, when they do business talks, so the first thing we talk about is the business. But for me, my family is way more important than anything else. So, yeah, happily married to my beautiful wife, Heather. Three young children. I've got a little girl called Evisa. She's eight. A little girl called Catalea, she's six, and then I've got my little boy called Venice. That's um, cute. And that's that's me, really. And um, uh-huh. yeah, this is a business podcast, so let's put, you know, let's... we've been in business a long time. Thank yeah. you, a long time. Well, this is this is this is this is why I wanted to get you on. Start me off. Um, first things first, because in podcasts so far, I've been speaking to people who have who were running a business or in the process of starting a business, and I've always asked them about their sort of journey to to starting their first business, and yeah. it's usually around uh, the company or the or, or the, the 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 place of work beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I know <laughs> that didn't exist. So hit me off. How old were you? What were you doing? Where did it come from? So, yeah, uh, I'll go back a little bit before that for a little bit of context, I guess. So, yes, yeah, so I met my wife at uh, fashion school when we were 16 years old. So this is in 1990, uh, late 90s, uh, 97 or 98, I think we met there. Uh, and then we, we graduated fashion school. And then the plan was then to go to London to further our education. You know, I got into one university. My wife got into another university. And the plan was to go and be fashion designers. That's what we always wanted to do, you know. Uh, anyway, come uh enrollment day i just thought you know what i'm a boy from bradford you know i'm from up north and i i was just a little bit skeptical of coming out of university in four years time with 70 grand's worth of debt plus heather's 70 grand's worth of debt and we don't yeah. come from money you know we're working class like we're from bradford so it kind of, I, I kind of deferred it so i remember calling up um westminster which is what the university i got into which is quite a prestigious university for fashion mm-hmm. and i called them i said i, I, I don't want to come and they said to me, you're committing career suicide here. Uh, <laughs> we're the most prestigious university in the country for fashion. How dare you? And I kind of like loved that because mm. in a way I was like, you know, kind of like a big in your face. I, I'll prove it to you. So okay. that kind of was the first kind of like, I don't know, kickstarter for me to uh, rock it up the backside to say, you know, I'll prove you wrong. So then uh, Heather and I got married after we graduated. And then at the time we just literally started up a fashion label from my... Uh, in-laws basement in 
in a little terrace house in a place called Wibsey in West Yorkshire in Bradford. Yes, I know. Uh, and we were making no money. We were making no sales, but we we're acting like we're big business owners, but we weren't. Trust so me. hang on, hang on a minute, just for <clears throat> for anybody. Uh, when you see you've set up a fashion label, what did you you come up with a, a name and a oh, brand, yeah. and then you yeah. were making you were making clothes. Mate, we did everything backwards. We we had a we, we had a name, we had a label, and we were making clothes, but we didn't have any customers to put them on. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, we're just filling our days uh, with making stuff, but we were we were just making them in odd sizes. We had we literally had nothing, uh, okay. had nothing, and then um, and then kind of like about. Well, actually, this was just before saying that. This is just before we got married. Um, and then my wife came into a little bit of money and inheritance. And I'm not talking much, but it was enough to kind of keep us going for like a, a few months. Uh, and we got married. And then on our wedding day, I was approached by a chap called Dave Bullen. And Dave Bullen is uh, quite a famous tailor uh, for a company called Adam Fisher International. So he, his background, Savile Row, blah, 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 blah. And mm. he, he heard about what we were doing. Uh, or trying to do and on the wedding day he was one of our guests at the wedding day at the evening function he came up to me he's like listen when you get back from honeymoon uh do you want to do you want to come and see me have a little chat uh and see if there's a role or something that we can work together with so so that was kind of the the, the main kind of like i don't know momentum start push whatever you call first it. opportunity so, exactly so we got back from honeymoon i gave him a call uh went to see him he had a he had a, a place of in addingham um uh, in the other side, near Manchester, Ilkley. isn't it? Yeah. No, no, that's Altrincham. Uh, oh, okay. Addingham's over by Ilkley. Nice part. Okay. So oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah no. it's beautiful. So I went over there. He, he was just asking us questions. And at, at the time, I didn't realize it was probably an interview, but I, he was just asking us about what we're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And then he said to me, Listen, I've been doing this business 40 years. I'm, I'm, an, old, I'm an old man. He wasn't, he was 60 years old, but in terms of uh, a tailor, you know, he's knocking time. on a bit, you know, he's close to retirement. And he's like, I, I've got the 40 to 60 year old market completely covered. You know, all my clients are businessmen, high net worth, blah, 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 blah. But I've got no, I've got no kind of like a kudos or no, I can't hit the 20 to 40 year old market because okay. they don't, they don't get it. They don't want to buy a suit off of a 60 year old man. Okay. So he offered me kind of a, a position, a freelance position where, I would be the face, I guess, of the young person's brand and with creative control, um, which is pretty cool, you know, because we were 18, 19, and he's like, basically, just go for it. Here's a, here's a book of contacts. Uh, get on the phone. No internet back then, by the way. <laughs> there was, you know, <laughs> dial-up would just come out. So it's literally getting on the phone. And that was like our first kind of break into the fashion industry. Okay. So what yeah. were you doing? Were you literally ringing these these prospects and yeah, introducing so, yourself? So, well, yeah. So we got the, we got a lucky break in the first week of doing this, like <laughs> literally the first week. So it was a commission based job, and he said to me that uh, there's money to be made. You know, his suits weren't cheap. Uh, so I, I trained as a tailor, you know, in the interim period. And once I was trained after three months, uh, he basically gave me the keys to a car and a phone book. And then I got on the phone, and then. I had a contact, uh, a guy called uh, Wayne Jacobs. Now, I don't know if you follow football, but this guy used to be a Bradford City player. This was... I, I follow proper football, uh, proper football, so not... Yeah, you won't not... have heard of him, man. <laughs> Listen, I never heard of him. I never heard of him. <laughs> no, um, but anyway, so anyway, long story short, so uh, managed to get hold of him, told him about what we were doing. He said, listen, I might have a few guys that are interested at, at the club. And at the time, he... He had a friend called uh, Michael Dubre, which was he was a Leeds United player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, oh no, Michael Dubre. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dubre, so Dubs, um, we kind of arranged an appointment to go see Dubs, and then uh, that didn't materialise. But then in the meantime, Dubre said, "Listen, my, my mate, uh, my mate Rio, he might be interested." So, and this is Rio Ferdinand, and then who was at Leeds at the time? He was at Leeds at the time, right? Of course. So, um, so yeah, so so we basically got in touch with Rio. And and he was our first ever customer. What? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my bizarre, gosh! Pretty bizarre. And it, so we called him and we was going to go see him. He lived in a place called Linton, not far from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're in woods, so yeah. Uh, not far from there. So we arranged to go see him there, and then speculation in the papers came out that he's transferring to United. So he called me. He's like, "Listen, Danny, I'm not going to be in Leeds. Can you come over to Manchester?" And this was before it was all announced. So we went to Manchester, and yeah, that was our first ever. Wow. 
Sale. That's mental. Yeah, that is absolutely sale. mental. Yeah. So how so how long did you end up doing that? So you did it with Rio. Did you get any other footballers? Come on, drop some names. Yeah, if got any. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh man, uh, I hate I hate dropping names, but I guess I'm for the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, for yeah. the purpose of the podcast. Uh, so Rio was our first other client, and then the next day he said to me, "Danny, what you're doing tomorrow?" I said, "Nothing. Uh, I'm making your stuff." He's like, "Can you go to Newcastle?" Said, yep, went to Newcastle. So he gave me a couple of numbers. Like, here's Kieran Dyer's number. Here's my best mate. Go see him. So I went to see Kieran Dyer. Kieran Dyer ordered like 30 units, which 30 units honestly was wow. ridic- ridiculous amounts of money. These wow. guys pay big money for this stuff. And then he's like, oh, why don't you go knock on my next door neighbor? So I not literally cold caught, locked on his next door neighbor. No. So he, he used to live in a state of three houses, like this private state, so three mansions. Knocked on the next door neighbor, and uh, Jermaine Janus opened the door. <laughs> I'm like, hey, JJ, like, I was just next door with, uh, with, with, with Dyer. He said you might be interested in some clothes. I'm like, yeah, come on in. So I went in, he ordered some units. He's like, why don't you just try and knock on Bella's door? Bellamy is Craig, Craig Bellamy. I don't know. I know Craig him. Bellamy, yeah, yeah. So literally, we were just like, knock a door. Wow. So, to, so, in the space of 48 hours, we'd had four of, at the time, they were four of the biggest names in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. And top, then from there, it, yeah, it snowballed to Ashley Cole, John Terry, Cristiano Ronaldo, <gasps> uh, Ryan Wow. Geeks. Yeah, you name it, we've, we've made, we made. Oh my yeah. God, that is mental. I feel oh. like we, I feel like we should end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, mate, it doesn't all go like that. There's a lot no. of doubt. Yeah, well, oh, well, you this, I don't. Yeah, well, that, and th- that's probably the best part of listening to somebody like you with who's got a story. Because you know, so, it, I think people from the outside look at people who are successful and just think that um, everything is all just candy canes and 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 butterflies. But there's 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 a lot of downs, isn't there? So I'm sure I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll come to that. So you yeah. so you so you've been so you've been making the the tailoring for these um, top footballers. Correct. You and your wife were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how long was that? How long was that for? When did so it did, change, and what did you do? So we, so we did that for a good, a good eight nine years, solid. A good, yeah, I'd say I'd say a good in the industry at the top of our game with all footballers and uh, high profile clientele. A good eight years. Okay, and so did you did you did you build a, a brand on this basis, or were you private clients? So did you have a business name with with employees? Yeah, yeah you did. So, so, okay, so, so the, like? brand, the brand was me and Heather. Bizarrely, the, you know, we went to every client meeting, and yeah. then we we basically grew it as far as we could because it was us. So um, if Rio wanted a suit, I knew his measurements, I knew his size, and and it was very difficult to teach someone that. It was often easier, as you know, being a business owner yourself. Sometimes it's just easier to do it yourself. You know, if that's mm. your skill, yeah, which, controlling which as well. It, 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 very controlling, yeah. But the time in tailoring, you can't just tell someone just to make this. No, up. There's it, an yeah. art to it, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. So a lot of the times we would take the order, go back to the studio, manufacture the order, deliver it. So we were. It was literally just me and Heather, and then in our busy periods, we brought in a couple of guys just to help out. Okay. But yeah, so we did that and took it kind of. We grew as as big as two people could possibly grow up. Okay. And did you make uh, some cash? We did, yeah, we did make, we make some good Don't worry, the, I don't think the tax man's listening, it was a long time no, ago. No, well, listen, it's a long time ago. We, we did, we did really well uh, the first few years, we did really, really well. And then, mm-hmm. like I said, it grew like this, and then it plateaued for, I would say, six years. You know, we could pretty much knew what we would turn over, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, obviously, then the down stuff come and that kind of thing. So, yeah, so we did it for a good okay. eight years, and then... Um, Try to change our business strategy, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. We were in a recession as well, uh, back in 08, 09. Yeah. So, so that hit a lot of businesses, obviously. Yeah, even ours, which we yeah. weren't relying on people that were affected by the recession. We were relying on a lot of footballers, but we'd also dipped our toe into the commercial market as well, you know, like businessmen and okay. banking industry, which yeah. kind of became... Probably became like sixty percent of our business. Which right. I'm not going to lie, would use the footballers to get us the work. Yeah, but our bread and butter was coming. Your bread from. and butter, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so we took that a massive sense. hit, a massive, okay. massive, massive hit, and um, yeah. What was, what was that? What, what was that like? Was that? I mean, I mean, obviously, we're, we're gonna, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna jump to the Corona uh, situation at the minute. But in terms of your uh, history, career, has that been one of your biggest, biggest sort of down downturns? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we, yeah, we went from really, really well, grew the business. You know, we'd managed to. Thankfully, we'd, we'd listen we were young we were tw- you know we we're in our mid-20s so we were doing yeah. stuff that we probably shouldn't have done like spending cash where we shouldn't have spent it all being yeah. there buying cars we shouldn't have probably yeah. bought but yeah. the time you don't think it's ever going to end no uh and you always think that next week's going to be as good as this week and then to harsh reality we soon found out that that wasn't the case and i think we've never had an experience of 
in the in our business careers not really yeah. doing well and then mm -hmm. yeah we took a massive down so we had two years of i would say gradually just month on month on month getting worse and worse and worse progressively mm. and, and and that was scary our biggest mm. our biggest kind of like um mistake whatever faux pas whatever you want to call it um but the biggest kind of bump in the road for us we um we kind of wanted to try and get away from the footballers um as, as glamorous the industry as, as, as the industry sounds it's quite fickle it was yeah. really quite quite a, a false industry uh mm -hmm. payment was a nightmare some of these guys are on 100 grand a week and we struggled to get paid off them so we realized that we couldn't maybe count on that you know as a mm. business model mm -hmm. so we started to come away from the football market a bit and try to get our, our brand more well known i.e in shops that kind of thing uh so your margins are a lot lot lower but mm. your volume's higher. So we knew we were going to take a hit short term, but the plan was long term. You know, we're going to build our brand, blah, blah, get our name into stores. That was the plan. However, that didn't work at all. In fact, I'd say that was probably the worst decision ever. So, yeah, so I think our, our, our fall from grace, whatever you want to call it, would yeah. be um, there's a shop in Cardiff run by, I can't say the name because mm. they're in prison and they might come back and get me. But anyway, four brothers <laughs> that turns out were some of the biggest drug dealers in the entire country if you google the names just google drug dealer brothers cardiff it'll come up top of the search and uh, they opened a shop in cardiff and little bit known to us they were they were laundering money through our company they wanted us to be the sole stockists of their shop blah 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 wow. we were naive we just saw the the i guess the dollar signs yeah and made a huge mistake and, and yeah pretty much lost everything and when i say <sighs> everything we cars house you name it we lost it so, yeah. so that's, I mean, look, that's, let's be honest, that's a, a tough time for anybody to go through. Yeah, yeah, but, totally. so, so, but but you could do one of two things at this point. You, you look at it as a, oh, woe is me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that story about, about yourself. It's not something that you, you discuss, but obviously you're not afraid to talk about it. But you, you could either do woe is me or you could use it as an opportunity to learn. Totally. And to grow, and I think all successful people. When you, when you, when I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and audio books, uh, and if you listen to successful people, they've all had a situation where yeah. the uh, uh, excuse me, the proverbial, but the shit hits the fan. And I yeah, think yeah, that totally. that often makes you. People talk about um, uh, it's not when your your personality will not be judged on when you're winning, but when you're losing. And yeah. and, and that can be said for somebody who's just working a, a a sort of a regular sales job who's just struggling for a bit. But also, it's very yeah. can be impactful for a business owner, can't it? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I think. Uh, listen, natural. When something goes wrong, uh, natural instincts. No matter how positive you are, no matter what your outlook on life, we all have that shit moment. And yeah. sometimes that shit moment can last a day. Sometimes it can last a year. For me personally, it lasted. It lasted a long time. Uh, it really, 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 really affected us. In fact, you know, there were times when mental health and, you know, thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking because we, it was bad. You know, there's no gloss in it. It was, it was bad. Mm. We'd, we'd managed to put away some money when the business was successful. But when nothing's coming in, that money's going down pretty fast. You've got mortgage pay, you've got cash pay. And like I said, you know, we lost. When I say lost, I'm not talking... Lost, I'm talking Bailey's coming, taking. That's how bad it got. You know, it got to the yeah. point where I remember we were down to our last few pounds. And I say this not to, it's not a bragging thing, but yeah, this is real. I understand what it's like mm. to have nothing. And our mm. nothing was mm. nothing. You know, when some people are like, oh, I'm so skint, but I've got 20 yeah. grand in, in, in banking, I've got some yeah. assets and stock to share. There was nothing. Yeah. And I remember our lowest moment was when we, um, and I'm not even proud to say this, but I think it's good to Go say on. it uh, in context where I put a, I went through to Tesco's and we were so broke and we didn't have any money in the account. We just had enough for like our dinner for me and Heather. Thank God we didn't have children at this point. And I put a chicken through the self-scanning thing at Tesco's, a lemon. <laughs> you know, the way you think. <laughs> because that's, honestly, it was that bad. I'm laughing. I'm laughing just because yeah. of the way that you say it, right? It's, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. But you know what? That is a story that, you know, you'll you, you probably tell your, your kids when, yeah, when they're older. Them. And I think it's a, that is a lesson for, for every person in life that, mm -hmm. you know, you will come on, you will come on hard times. And it's so prevalent now because oh, individuals, people's business owners oh, yeah. are going to be hit really, really bad. And I think it's, it should be, it should be a motivation because yeah. I know, I know a little bit about your, your, your business uh, from just following it and seeing what's happened. And it, it looks like you've, you've, you have built an incredible brand um, that, that's got sustainability for the future. Yeah. So, you know, so we know, we know, fingers crossed, yeah. we know that the outcome is, is a positive one. But right yeah. now in this situation at your part of your life, you had to put a chicken through as a lemon because you couldn't afford it. Mate, 
you know what I mean? Fair that's enough. that's real yeah. life. So so, but like you said, it, it, it or like I said, it doesn't. It I didn't want to stay there. You know, no. in my so what life, I didn't want to stay. What inspired you at that point? That was it. The lemon moment. Bizarrely, you know, some people have this epiphany, this moment, this oh, that was it. And I, I said to Heather, I can't do this. And I think for so long we'd we felt sorry for ourselves almost, and it was. It was quite, we, I was prideful. I was very, very prideful. We'd had this amazing business. Mm. We had the nice car, the nice house. And I didn't want people to know the reality. Yeah. And then I just said, you know, I've got to admit what is happening here. I've got yeah. to deal with this. And I'm the, I'm, you know, I, I've got a wife to look after. You know, I feel very yeah. passionately about that. I want to provide and that kind of thing. Mm. So that was the motivation. So we, um, we thought, what can we do? We're in the middle of a recession. We understood that the fashion career was over. We understood that. And that was a mm -hmm. hard realisation. Mm -hmm. And I think for a probably good year, we'll clean on to maybe we're going to get it back. And then we said, well, what can we do? Danny, what just hang on a do? second. Hang on a second. Did you not think about getting a job? No. It sounds weird. It sounds so weird. Again, the pride. That's what it was. It was the pride. As was I it know. the pride or is it because you, 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 I mean, look, some people are just born to work for themselves. And, and, and I put you in that category clearly. Some people just say, oh, I can't work for anybody else. Was it for you? You were just, you, because you, you knew what your ability was and where you'd, where you'd, what the level you'd achieved. Yeah. You thought, was it thinking, I'm just not going to waste this opportunity? I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a bit of both, you know, probably a little bit of boastful pride. I'd had this business. How dare I work at Tesco, which mm -hmm. is, which is a terrible attitude when you think about it. Um, mm. But at the same time, I knew what I'd built, so I knew that I could maybe do it again. So yeah. the lemon moment, fast forward, we, we realised that what can we do? And we said, people got to eat. We're in a recession. People eat when the poor, people eat when the sad, people eat when the happy, people eat when the rich, when the poor. It's one thing that they've got to do. So we started our, we started our new business, which was making wholesale sandwiches from our flat in Leeds City Centre and knocking on Delhi's doors and saying, who supplies your sandwiches? How much will undercut them? And that's, no that way. Was, that, mate, we had a beat-up van. We had oh. no food hygiene certificates. We do now. <laughs> <laughs> and it, mate, we just blagged it. Because I said, uh, Heather's like, well, what's our gift? We're unemployable on paper. We can't get a job in the fashion industry. What's our gift? And we knew our gift was sales. It was this, the mouth. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, just put Said the vicar. Some it was said the vicar hello um, <laughs> so then um yeah that was it so i remember knocking on the deli door in uh gartha and just telling him about what we did you know with and i made a sound bigger than what we were he was the first ever customer i'm like we do these amazing sandwiches how much you pay a unit he's like i pay one pound 20 unit i do it one pound 18 a unit and he ordered 50 you know and then i went to another deli door and that and literally that that is how it happened and it took us it took us a good two years to start earning wow an income well you know and I'm not talking 10 grand a month income. I'm talking a minimum wage income, you know, slowly, slowly building it up. Um, so in the meantime, what, what did you do? So uh, just, have, we, have, we, have you got any kids at this point? No. No I, kids? So. Oh, no. Right, okay. No, so in the meantime, you just curbed your spending? Curbed your spending, yeah. Right, okay. We literally stopped everything. Uh, okay. You know, we were just, anything that came in, we were living off. You know, it's yeah. just paying for the mortgage. We had no car. Um, we had no outgoings, you know, phone, that kind of thing. We just kept, mm -hmm. put everything down to zero. Uh, we managed to get rid of our debt that we had, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And then yep. we just said, start again. And our plan, okay. our long-term plan was, um, don't be stupid. That was our major, major plan. Don't be stupid. So yeah. hence, we didn't go out when we got a bit of money and go out for dinner. We didn't go out and buy a new car for, for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. One, because I couldn't get finance, and one, because I had no money. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So you're knocking on doors, two years goes by, and you're starting to build it. Was it, was it, what, was it did this business have a name? Was it just Danny and it Heather's was, Sandwiches? It was called The Baguette Bar. How, how shit is that as a oh, name? But you again, know what? <laughs> I'd buy, I mean, I love baguettes, mate. I'd, I'd buy from the baguette store. I'm not being funny. But, but we got to, we were, this was before social media. This was before Facebook was around, but no one was advertising on Facebook. Right. So, People were still, it was still business cards, you know what I mean? That's how it was <laughs> by then, and yeah. you know, networking, yeah, exactly. Code calling, yeah. um, so it, it, it organically grew for two years, and then we managed to we managed to get a deli in the Leeds city center, uh, not just outside the Leeds, Leeds city center, which again, we completely blagged our way in. Um, what do you mean you got a deli? Do you mean you, you, you started to run it, yeah? So basically, uh, <sighs> We, we there was an opportunity to come up. We were supplying this 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 okay. uh, office block with uh, corporate lunches, so we'd gone from sandwiches, corporate lunches, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. 
not really caterers, but just more, more corporate stuff. You know, like yeah. sandwich platters, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, this company in Leeds, um, they they like we want we it was like they were trying to pioneer the whole live workspace, you know, that kind of thing, a multi-use building. And they like we've got loads of apartments here, we've got a few businesses here, we want to put a deli in there. Would you be interested in running it? So okay. yeah, so we worked out we worked out something. We put all our stuff in there. So we ran the external sandwich applying from there and then we yeah. also had a shop front as a deli as well that serviced okay. the apartment building and the offices um it, it wasn't great the turnover wasn't amazing but at least it was a little bit more income that could come in for heather and i to mm-hmm. support us whilst we then decided to have our first child so and was that a decision that you'd made or was did it happen like it, uh, no, uh, backstory. Yeah, we we tried for years. We tried oh, for years. okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, this is a visa. A visa came along. A visa, yeah. My little girl, yeah. my eight-year-old girl. So she came along. Bit of a miracle, baby. Again, okay. you've got children yourself. Your perspective yep. changes. You know, it really yeah. does change. And it, it did for me. Something triggered in I think me that made me think, man, I really want to make sure that my daughter's taken care of. Not just you know, in the natural, but uh, financial. I wanted to make sure that I could look after her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, another motivation for us to maybe take this to the next level, which I can go into. We did that. You know, yeah. We did that. Yeah, later. So, so you're doing the sandwiches. You, you've got the deli running. Because I know that there's, 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 there's coffee comes into it at some point. Yep. Next. Wait, one. Is, this, so, yeah. this is, the, is this the next one? This is yeah. just the next one, by the way. This is the next <laughs> one. Yeah. So, so the deli, we did, we did all right. It's from it. Like I said, it's, we, we, it was never an amazing business. It was never, okay. it was never going to make us millionaires. It was never going to put a pension pot together, but it mm-hmm. was keeping us alive. Yes. Uh, Avisa was due, and then we used to supply the sandwiches to. We've now got to the point where the external side of our business, i.e., the sandwiches, we were doing like a little bit of catering. Uh, but basic stuff. It started to get quite good. Uh, Did you have staff? Was it you and Heather doing all the sandwiches? Me, Heather, Heather's little sister, and okay. a girl called Katie Fed uh, used to come and work for us. And then okay. when we were busy, I would pull in someone else. So um, then the okay. next, and then the, yeah. yeah. So the next one I teamed up with. Um, it was one of my buddies actually. Yeah. So we, we he was he was in the food industry. And we we managed to kind of really grow the external catering to the point where it was it was actually doing way better than Medella. Um and an opportunity an opportunity came up to buy um to buy a franchise at a ridiculously ridiculously reduced rate. So um I remember the day we were supplying we were supplying business lunches to this office building. The office building had a Costa Coffee franchise in it. And and um we'd won the tender for this catering contract and I'm sat in this Costa one day and this guy comes up to it knocks really shoulder and says, Are you done it? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm Danny. He goes, uh, oh, I own the Costa here. I said, oh, lovely to meet you. You know, it's a great little shop, this. He goes, yeah, you're a, you're a right bell end. I was like, whoa, all right, mate. All right, mate. You know, Good judge of character. In... Exactly. I just came <laughs> I'm and kidding. I was like, yeah, how do I'm you kidding. know? I was like, I just came in for a latte and I've been called a bell end. I said, what do you mean, mate? And I took offence a little bit. He goes, well, that catering contract that you've just won, that was mine. <gasps> no. And I'm like, mate, I'm so sorry. We, I don't do business like that. We got invited to tender for it. I would yeah. never... It's just, it was unethical for me to do that, yeah, you know, yeah. but I was just coming bid for this contract. So I did, I didn't know how many people's pool was in, but I'm not into ruining someone's business, you know, no, of course. at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's like, listen, that was my bottom line. I used to run all that catering from the Costa. Uh, so I've had enough. And he, anyway, he, he realized that we weren't dicks. I realized he wasn't a dick. So we chatted, had a coffee together. He's like, listen, would you be interested in buying this Costa? So he said, how much, I said, how much do you want for it? Again, I'm not interested at all. And he told me the figure. I went, bullshit, mate. I ain't paying that. No one will pay you that. I went on to Heather, told her, said, someone offered us, a, offered us to buy a Costa franchise station. Do not buy it. We are not ever going to, because we now <laughs> got rid of the deli. So we're more focusing on the, the, the external stuff. Yeah. And she's like, do not buy it. Do not buy it. But something in my head thought, I want this. I want this. <laughs> so I, I offered him a third of what he wanted. Um, which was an insult, like a, a serious insult, and okay. um, and he took it. <laughs> who's the who's the bell end? <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did Heather say? She was so angry with me. She oh, was so no. pissed off, and we didn't have the money to give him. Uh, so then, so then, mate, we blagged it. So the landlord, I told the landlord of his landlord, I said, "This is the situation. We've offered him the money, and they were kind of like falling out a little bit, but with them at the time." So I said to the landlord, I really want this business, but I'm short of about 10 grand. Do you want to lend me 10 grand? I'll just put it on my rent for the next five years. So they said, yeah. 
<laughs> if you don't ask, if you don't ask, you don't, you don't get. If you don't, you don't ask, get. you don't get. So they wow. so they let me take grand, paid him, and then I just paid it back to them over the next five years. How many is that? Wow. That is ridiculous. And yeah. how long did you have it? How long did you have it for? Five years, literally. Went to, when 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 it when it came up for renewal, uh, this was maybe two, three years ago, two and a half, three years ago. Yes. We'd the external stuff was just it was just going too well and we had a okay. we had a choice to make do we keep the costa or do we keep the external stuff and it was it was a no-brainer that for us to keep the external stuff so we just sold that so just 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 going back very quickly because i think i, I just want to get the, i want to get a bit of value from the situation so okay you've, you've rocked up and, and costas we 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 mark, uh, throughout this point of your external stuff as you call it your external yeah. catering and your costa what, how are you marketing the business? How are you growing the business? What were you doing to try and pull the punters in? Yeah, so the costa itself was a costa. So you put a costa on the door, people walk in. So we're very fortunate okay. that we had that brand behind. Now, we were a proud to serve, which is like the bottom level of franchise. And we were in a business centre. So in the business centre, it was maybe, a, I don't know, two, 300 people that worked there daily. So that was our captive audience. We didn't need to go out and about we weren't open we were open to the public but that wasn't our target market our target market was the offices around us people upstairs so that was our revenue that was our right. business model so we didn't need to market we, we did daily specials and all that kind of thing but we yeah. didn't you knew every day your takers were identical every day you had the same okay. customers that came down for the coffee but our external catering company by this point we'd gone from business lunches and catering to doing more bespoke you know we did our you know foot in the a wedding scene and started doing wedding catering now that that became really good and obviously we didn't have a name or a brand awareness so we where were you we, cooking these where were you cooking this stuff from when yeah, you so started at the, at the back of the costa we had the big commercial kitchen so we're running it all out of there so we had, <laughs> okay. we, yeah so it was mental so there was basically two businesses in one mm. i'm a bradford man keep the rent down yeah. um <clears> so then yeah so then we it was my wife my wife's always been big on social media and i've yeah. never had it I, I was like old school Pen, paper, you want to call me, you call me. We don't text, we don't WhatsApp, we don't email. You know, old school. This is only like, mate, this is two and a half years ago. You know, this is... Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm raising my eyebrows because I know yeah. how how good you are marketing yourself now. Crazy. What you say it's, to me doesn't make sense. It's crazy. Like, I was so anti it. And then my wife was really good at social media. You know, she was really good at communicating with her followers, that kind of thing. And she's like, you need to you need to put the business on Instagram. Because we were thinking, we were about... We're about 18 months out of our lease, but we knew we weren't renewing our lease at Costa. We knew that. So we just wanted to make sure that the external catering company was really flying before we came out. Okay. So put an Instagram page, she put an Instagram page together. And she put one picture up. And if you look back through my Instagram feed, the first picture was, uh, she took a picture of a wedding. We did like a Brazilian barbecue. So it was like, you know, theater at the wedding. We're carving the meat and the tailors. Took a picture of that and put it online. I just didn't get it. I just couldn't grasp how that would reach anyone because I was used to, if someone wants to get hold of you, they call you, book mm -hmm. you, you charge them this much, that was it. So she put this picture online and we had like 10 followers, whatever it was, you know, 15 followers. And they mm. were my mates. And I got home, checked my phone, I had an inbox on her Instagram. And someone said, oh, I've just seen this picture, really interested in, in this kind of catering. We're getting married next year, can you come see? So I went to see, anyway, it transpired that we got that job and it was like a 7,000 pound, you know, wedding order from one right. picture on Instagram. So I'm like, shit, this is, there's something in this. <laughs> right, bulb moment. There's something in this. Maybe she's right. And it, so that's that, and that literally how it was. And then uh, gradually, slowly got used to it a little bit. Uh, and then uh, the business grew. You know, we got a really good guy called the Big Blonde Bear, who's like a media marketing kind of guru. Brought him in uh, to do all our branding and that kind of thing. Because we got to the point now where we had the product, but we didn't have the brand. Mm -hmm. and met him he's like your product's amazing your brand's terrible you don't have one your brand awareness is more important than the product half of the time well most of the time actually because it gets yeah. you out there so he put this whole strategy this whole campaign together uh with digital social media website that kind of thing and then we sent it all live and then literally constantly we were on there pretty much daily now when we started all this I, it was very important to to me and our, my business that we didn't lose our personality we're a family firm uh, we wanted to keep true to our roots. And I said to them, I don't want to be professional. And now, when I say that, I don't mean if you're professional on social media, it's wrong. I just said, I want to be me. I'm don't not. want to be corporate. Exactly. I'm not whistle and flu. I'm not a, 
speak a certain way. I go to my client meetings, you know, I look like this. I look like me, you know, and if they don't like yeah. that. I mean, I didn't want to... I didn't want to say it before, but you you've got a fashion degree. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate. I don't know where I don't know where it went, mate. I don't know where it went. Um, yeah. But yeah, so and I just said I said uh, uh, you know me and Heather, it was so important that we remained who we were, uh, and our target market. You know, it sounds bizarre, wasn't it? It was twenty five, okay. thirty five year olds that don't necessarily just want a wedding; they want a big cool party, and we want to be a part of that. And I want to make sure my team and my staff are fun and energetic because you know you've been to several weddings, you've had one yourself. That's what makes a wedding. Yeah, it does. And yeah. in my industry, people don't like the corporateness. They really don't. Uh, mm. Well, they do. If they do, and that's fine. They don't book us. So he said to me, um, did the marketing guy, and he's, he's also a friend. He's like, you are, you and Heather are the brand, you know, almost. And show behind the scenes, show the bloopers, and don't be afraid because it makes you more relatable. Uh, it, it's a little bit more honesty. You know, sometimes we can put on this, business kind of oh we're so slick and we're so professional but behind the scenes we're not and i just didn't want that because it'd be too hard to go between professional and not professional but I, I forget who i was so i'm like no just keep like this all the time um so i remember we're, we're thinking of a strap line for the business and uh our company's called uh, the outside kitchen by the way um and we're thinking of a strap line and i remember i did a wedding fair and uh our, our stand's always the fullest because we've got music blaring with free drinks, free food, you know, it's just fun. And we're just having a bit of banter with the customers. And I always said to people when they came up, they're like, oh, the food looks amazing. I'm like, listen, the food's shit, but the banter is unbelievable. <laughs> um, so I was telling this media guy this and he was laughing. He goes, what did you just say there? I went, oh, so the food's shit, the banter's unbelievable. He goes, yeah, that, I love that. Because uh, I can't really put that on the website though. No, it wouldn't be a good idea, would it? Yeah, because he goes, People that know you would get it or face to face to get you. So yeah. he's like, so he, he came away and did some thinking and he came up with a strap line. It's like the outside kitchen shit hot food. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> sold, done. So on all our marketing, on our website, on our social media channel, you name it, it has that on it. So it says the outside kitchen shit hot food. Now, being a northerner, everyone knows what shit hot means. And it's very, yeah. very, very risky to do yeah. it. Very risky. But every single one of my clients that book us, they, they love it. Which is which is what we want. So we took a big risk, but the gamble paid off. Mm. So just on the on the on the wedding on the wedding theme, right? What made you pivot and go laser focus on the weddings? Did you just was it that you were doing a couple? It turned out great. Another light bulb yeah. moment. Exactly, exactly right. that. So we did a few for a few friends, and then it was very stressful, very hard, um, but the best buzz ever. And it was probably mm. the first time since the early days of my fashion career that I got excited about going to work, like full on. The Costa was, it was boring. You know, it, it, you're, making the, you're making 100 coffees over and over again. You're making the same yeah. sandwich over and, and it was, I just didn't feel excited. I didn't want, mm. yeah, there's no buzz. And I love starting things. My favorite thing is do something once, do it well, move on, like a bucket list. Mm. And I felt like with a wedding, every wedding's individual. And we don't do the same thing twice. So. I kind of every Saturday I get that buzz, I get that adrenaline, I get that kind of pumping. So we focus on that. And and obviously monetary wise, you know, there's there is a premium in weddings. I'm not gonna lie, you know, we're in business to to make to make some money, you know. At yeah. the time, now fast forward, I've got two children, you know, and I've got I've got a wife that has gone from shopping in charity shops to shopping in TK Maxx, you know what I mean? She's just taken one step exactly. up, hasn't she, there? One step up, just one step up. No, a couple, actually. Uh, she's God, gone yeah. beyond Primark, hasn't she? She's jumped that. And... <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, like, yeah. God, it wasn't Harvey so, yeah. yeah, so, so it was then two factors, really. Like, one, I loved it. Two, it was a great kind of business, you know, profit-wise and planning. You know, from a business model point of view, you knew how many people you're catering for, you knew the date, all that kind of thing. You know how to staff it. So okay. it seemed like a foolproof thing. And so, so were you, just, just, just for the clarity of, of anybody listening, um, you were booked to provide the food Correct. for for weddings. So people who were right. looking at kind of doing a bit of a bespoke situation yep. where they'd looked, because it's very common nowadays. I mean, th yeah. to some people that might be a little bit alien, but you, you do traditional um, hotels uh, yep. where they do the whole thing. Yep. It's not just the only option. You can do the likes of teepees exactly. and you can get old mills. And, yep. and so this is what you were doing. So people were booking you. So you were doing right. it on Instagram. You were smashing it on Instagram. That's where I jumped on and started uh, watching it. I feel like, I know more about you and your life than I know more um, as much as about me and my own life. Yeah, uh, because you're on there. there. There's a lot of stuff on there, but it's great. It's clearly very good, and it's obviously worked for you. Yeah. Um, 
so, so you pivoted, you did that. So where did it where did it grow to 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 ponder? And I want to want to get to this place where we're at yeah. today because because it wasn't just the catering. Because I presume at some point somebody said, "Oh, um, what about drinks?" Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, so then got to the point. Business was doing really well. Uh, probably the best it's ever been. Even in our whole kind of time of being in business, it was it was it was the best. You know, we were doing we were doing really well, and then. The business kind of got a little bit too much to handle for Heather and I. It was quite stressful, a lot of work on. Not enough, you know, the typical scenario of yeah, yeah. Uh, a business that's growing quite fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I met uh, I met a girl called Elke, who you know very well. Uh, yeah, very a girl well. called Elke, uh, lovely girl. I met her through the Costa, actually. So I met her and got chatting to her. Hooked up with her, 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 and her husband. When I say hooked up, we don't mean keys in the ta- in the ball. Careful, I mean, careful, exactly. Hello, careful. Uh, this uh, is so, yeah. this is for a different podcast. Is Thank that, you yeah, very we'll much. Do that one later. Yeah, that's Just yeah. for um, anybody who's for anybody who's listened, you were referring to Elke and Jamie, and Jamie exactly. was on a previous podcast because we were talking specifically about. Coronavirus, Ponder Mills, and, and his Correct. situation personally, because he's yes. a work, he's work, he's a nine to five worker, yep. very nice guy, and, yep. and this is why it's a totally different story because you, you know you're a thoroughbred entrepreneur, and 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 so the, the changes are slightly different there. So you met Elke because she yep. worked in the same building, yeah, then you yeah. met Jamie. Correct. And go on, what happened next? Great friendship became an awesome May friendship. sweet love. Yeah, well, me and Jamie did. <laughs> Heather and Heather, Heather and Elke didn't, unfortunately. We tried, but failed with that one. Um, yeah, we became, became really good friends. And then me and Jamie, we used to chat about all sorts. And, you know, we always said, I, I was always encouraging them, you know, that they're, they're in good jobs. I was like, you guys should do something. Because it's very strange for me to to speak to someone who's got a job, because I've never had a job. So... Mm-hmm. You know, then they'd be like, oh, you know, I've had a crap day at work. I'm like, why don't you set up your own business? And sometimes it's easier said than done. Yeah. So I was coming up with all these. I remember I told them, why don't you be cleaners? You know, let's have a cleaning company. <laughs> like, I just think there's a, there's, a, there's a need, fill it. This is how you yeah. do it. You know, make it seem pretty easy. But I guess when you're used to a paycheck on the 28th, it's not as easy to turn it down. No. So, yeah, I, then I mean, Heather got chatting. I'm like, you know, we think they could maybe come and help us. So they came and helped at a couple of weddings. And then... Uh, Lots of people were asking us for bar services to go alongside the food. And we wanted to say yes, but at the same time, we didn't feel like we could give the level of service that they were used to. So we said to Jamie, listen, do you fancy it? Let's go 50-50. I'll get us all the work. Uh, You run it. Uh, And then the four of us literally jumped into bed together and and started a business from from nothing. We we just used the outside kitchen. It was all under the outside kitchen and bar. So we Mm -hmm. we added and bar to the outside okay. kitchen. Um, yeah. And then I just dropped an email to all my customers. If you haven't booked your bar yet, hit us up because we're now offering the bar service. And then first season, we did maybe 23 weddings, which was unbelievable, you know, for our first season. Then the season after that, we got more, which would have been this season. <laughs> we would have had a lot more. I think we're up to about 40, older 45 this year. Um, uh, and yeah, so they came in with us and then they've been amazing. Like probably... We've had partners in the past, but just they've been great partners to to have. Um, I feel like we trust them as much as they trust us. I know that yeah. if 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 I need something doing, it's not even I need something doing. Jamie knows what he's doing before mm-hmm. I say, Jamie, can you do this? You know, we're yeah. very very good like that. And he's, I'm, I'm actually really proud of them because they've become employ employees to employers very fast and and like taken to yeah. it very well. Without without that without that. Uh, sort of innate um, feeling yeah. of thinking I'm just going to do what I can to own a business and I, yeah. obviously I know Elke and, and I know Jamie and having those conversations I totally understand where you're coming from so yeah, it's a big jump yeah. and you're doing really well so okay so we're running the outside bar and kitchen which yeah. by the way for anybody who's listening if you haven't already paused this podcast and gone onto Instagram and had a yeah. look at the outside underscore kitchen That's you've got to do it because even if you're not looking for a wedding at this minute in time and you just want a little bit of entertainment because sometimes Instagram can be boring. You've got to follow these guys. It's brilliant. I actually look forward to the sort of 12, no, let's say 11.30 posts on a Saturday yeah. night when they're in the middle oh, of a yeah. bar because that's when it gets a little bit loose. That's a true. Little bit, a little bit freaky. That's um, true, mate. But also, I think what Danny does is, and what you do, sorry, I'm talking to you here, is 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 you you also document the the meetings that you're having on a Tuesday night when you're meeting people. Yeah, yeah. You've also, very quickly, you've set up something which I think is, just a genius idea, but you, you've you've got a mock-up 
like um, restaurant seating yeah. area yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in 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 what what I, I think is 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 in an industrial unit yeah, with correct. a kitchen. Yeah. What, what, what what's that? Yeah, so we wanted to with all our wedding couples, we wanted them to feel like special. We wanted them to feel like. It's the most important day of your life, and we wanted to make sure that every single process through the whole kind of from engagement to the actual wedding day, everything that we look at is fucking awesome. Sorry, swearing is unbelievable. Edit that bit. Uh, So we came up with (laughs) this idea. We wanted to do like a a private dining night, so they basically come to a private dining. Literally, it's a restaurant in the middle of an industrial estate. and it's not open to the public. It's just purely theirs for the evening. So we created these nights where people come, they have wine, they have cocktails with us. We, put, we get one of the chefs in, they make all the food for them for the night. They bring the mum, the dad, the best man, that kind of thing. And we have a lock-in, you know, sometimes so one, two in the morning. And yeah. that's all part of the experience. They become part of our family. We become part of theirs. Yeah. So on the day, they know what we're going to deliver. They're confident in our abilities. We already know mum, dad, so-and-so, someone. And also yeah. from the sales point of view, we get them absolutely smashed and upsell <laughs> the hell out of them. <laughs> I remember when, story, when, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's not a lie. I know when, 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 I, when I signed the contract to the wedding venue that Kim and I got married, we got married in Linton. Yeah. And... Um, Kim, I think Kim had this planned already because she was like, I'll drive today. It wasn't some, I normally drive. She said, I'll drive today. Don't worry. So we get there. I always oh, like a drink. And I was like, well, to be fair, I'm not driving. So yeah, I'll have a glass of wine. Anyway, a bottle and a half later, the contract's out and I've signed it. I've literally walked out and I signed up for it. So it, it, it's true. Um, yeah, yeah. You absolutely, have, uh, I think you sold it in what you just said, but you put these on your Instagram post, you put these on yeah. your story. So I encourage anybody to, you've got to watch because it is amazing. And I'll tell you what I think is really interesting. So from somebody who got married, a bit of a traditional marriage, we got married in a church, went to a, a hotel, had the blah, blah, blah. What we had the benefit of doing, of course, is going to do a tasting evening. And effectively, that's what you have done. You've got yeah. a tasting event. Yeah. But actually, it's it's a bit more, um, uh, it, what's the word? It's a bit more, it's private. Yeah, it's bespoke. It's, t- yeah, it's bespoke. You get the tunes banging. Yeah, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure I saw you get the guitar out once on one of these. Yeah, I'm once pre- twice, mate. It's come out. <laughs> a man of many talents. I'm I writing like this down. As well. <laughs> I'm writing this down on your talent list. Guitar, guitar. Stroke, mu- stroke musician. Take, take it off. Take it off. <laughs> um, right. So, it's, so it's doing. It's doing really well. And this is up until very, very recently. Well, it's still yeah. always doing very well. You've got all the bookings. People yeah. are plowing in. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you, and I'm not just saying this. I think based on based on what I've seen of just following you on Instagram and social media without a shadow of a doubt, I would have, I would have definitely spoken to you guys as a business just to see what the hell is yeah. going on there. Cause it, it just looks amazing. So I think for oh, anybody, like who, that. anybody out That's there, very nice. no, That's anybody very nice out there who is, who is looking at doing it, it just looks so fun. And the wedding day, it was definitely the best day of my life. 100%. And, 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 and by the looks of it, you know, you just kind of take it up a notch. Oh, yeah. So, so, so let's just, without going into context about what Jamie talked about with how Ponder Mill came around, but you, you, and, you and Jamie and, and Elkie and Heather, your business partners now, you found this mill. For whoever yeah. hasn't listened to the podcast with Jamie, go back and listen yeah, to it. it but, but, but you found this mill in Howarth. And, yeah. uh, and, and just through a conversation uh, with them, you've managed yeah. to secure it. And literally yeah. over, the, over the course of a weekend, you've, you've gone from kind of having this idea of in, sometime in the future to securing... Uh, yeah. an amazing venue yeah, yeah, <laughs> overnight right so mate, that's this brilliant is the story of our life mate <laughs> yeah right so 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 you've secured it yeah you've started the instagram page yeah yeah you, you're getting punters through the door which i've seen yeah yeah already and then and then you 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 and you and your family have got a holiday book so you're taking bookings for next year right is that right we're, taking, no, Mill? We're, we're pretty much yeah we're taking bookings with ponder mill for next year, for next we're open, year. yeah for, we're open for this year but ideally next year launch okay it, so yeah so that was your look. So your idea was we don't have to push too hard this year. Yeah. You're fully booked. The outside kitchen exactly. is fully fully booked. If not, you're more than fully booked. Yeah, correct. You've got bars coming in. This year is going to be the best year ever. You've got Pond and Mill in the pipeline. You've mm-hmm. got them booking in for next year. Everything is going rosy. You and your family go on holiday to Puerto Rico. Is that correct. right? Puerto Rico. So what? So when did you go on holiday? So we went on holiday, uh, 4th of, what month were we in April? March, 4th of March. So 4th of March. And when did you get back? We're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're currently, we're currently still stranded. Uh, 
still stranded. Well, I say stranded here. So we flew to Puerto Rico. Uh, listen, I think every man and the dog knows what's been going on in the last month with yeah. the whole Corona thing. Um, so, yeah, we went to Puerto Rico. Whilst we're in Puerto Rico, obviously the announcement comes out of how serious it is, how bad England's affected, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and at this point, they'd, they'd banned British people going to America. Now, that next part of our holiday was going to be in America. But the time we were banned to go in, you know, and we were mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. And then in Puerto Rico, so we, in Puerto Rico, when we were there, they'd shut everything down. Beaches shut, everything shut you name it shut so we were like desperate to get out of the country to get back to mainland america to get a flight back home that was the plan because we were worried that america was going to follow suit we knew that england the situation in england was getting back and i think there's just something about it that just went to get home anyway we couldn't get back to america uh purely because uh, trump wouldn't allow us in however we blagged our way into america by putting on american accents at passport control kids you not they didn't ask for our passports you are so joking. I, I, I shouldn't say this because it's, it's probably illegal. I don't think Trump's gonna. I don't think Trump's gonna listen to this. Yeah. yeah. So and let's it, be honest. I yeah. mean, what's he, what's he gonna do? What, yeah, he's exactly. gonna throw. Yeah. He's gonna throw you in prison for yeah, exactly. for, 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 for trying to get your family home. Exactly. No. So we managed to honestly. I said to the kids, "Do not speak," because I noticed the people in front of me. Because listen, British people don't go to Puerto Rico. It's not a normal destination. Okay. It's not. It's an American destination to go right. to usually. So everyone in front was just showing ID. They weren't showing passports because it's classes in a, a U.S. territory. Is Puerto yeah. Rico. I didn't know this. Okay. So I was just showing IDs. And then it was so busy, the airport, that was just kind of waving people through. So it got to us and I just like, American accent, hey, good day. In that good Australian accent. Yeah, exactly. So me and Heather got on the plane, we're like, shoot, did that just really happen? And then we, yeah, sure enough, got to America. And the first thing we did was when we got to Tampa Airport, we went straight to the BA desk. Um to say just get us on the next flight home i got to the beer desk it's shut you know all flights cancelled so we're like well nothing we can do so we got a hire car uh stayed at cousin's house for a couple nights and then just tried and tried to get hold of beer to to get a flight anyway back and forth with beer cancel flight another flight cancel flight three weeks later we're still here unbelievable yeah i mean the coronavirus is not only going to have impacted your business but it's it's actually impacted your family life so no, are, you, are you are you are you planning on coming home anytime soon i mean obviously you want to but yeah you no, in the pipeline? No, yeah we did we are honestly we've we've tried i kid you not we have tried we've had seven flights cancelled now uh, but we have got a flight for thursday this coming thursday the night okay uh, so yeah, it's been it's been very very stressful. But again, mm. you said at the beginning, there's two ways you can look at a situation negatively or positively. And what can we do? You know, it's not like we're the only people in the world that's having a tough time. Everyone is. You're Thankfully, right. the business back home. I've had the gracious kind of generosity of clients and understand the vendors and that kind of thing. We've we've suspended or postponed as many weddings as we possibly can. You know to keep it safe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that doesn't mean our situation here is getting any better. You know, you're no. like. Well, where am I going to stay? You know, especially when in Florida, where we are, you can't get new vacation rentals, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been very stressful having to stay somewhere. The band, more than 10 people together. So we couldn't stay at our cousin's house. Legally, we couldn't stay there because there's 13 of us in the house. So oh. we knew we had to get uh, accommodation. So it was a massive scramble against time to find a safe place to stay for me and my family. Um that could just see out these next kind of week, days, however long it is, we're going to be here. It's all part of the adventure, isn't it, Danny? It is. Well, that's what I mean. I said to the kids, it's an adventure. There's no, we'll look back at this in 10 years' time when we come out of this and it'll be like, remember that time when we got stranded in America and we stayed in that really cool place? And Because the kids don't know. The kids don't no, know. They're eight, no. six, and two. So they're just, they're happy. They're happy as Larry. Yeah. Um, and so, the, the, so business-wise, you're having to postpone the ones that are, yep. are booked in, in the near future, but you've still got the ones at the back end of the year. Presumably, you've contacted them and said, look, we're going to keep going with them, yep. uh, just missing out for any government changes. I'm exactly, up, I'm, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm, up to, I'm May, optimistic. I'm yeah, optimistic I think, yeah that, so am I. Yeah. I think I, I am. So April and May is a write-off, pretty much. Summer yeah. June's are a write-off. And we've just been accommodating where, where we can. No, change the dates. Okay. Fine. And have you done anything to try and pivot the business? So have you got any, uh, has anything been going running through your head to say, what yeah. can we do to try and oh. bring in some income in the meantime? Well, the, the, the mind's gone bonkers, especially the last few days, knowing that I'm actually going home on Thursday, uh, hopefully. So yeah, so there's loads of things. Obviously, being in the food industry, uh, it's, it's a necessity at the moment. Yeah. So we're thinking of, you know, uh, dine at home meals, that kind of thing. We're thinking about doing some 
uh, charity work, you know, just to get us out of the house, whether that be helping in soup kitchens, that kind of thing. Using yeah. our skills, really, yeah. for... And it's not necessarily to make money, but I think it's more just a, it's it, these next three months, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, so even if it just brings in something, it keeps our mind active and gets us out of the house and uh, shows that we're trying to do something. You know, we've come up with ideas with helping out the NHS and meal boxes mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So we just want to make sure that we, we're keeping relevant, we're keeping active um, and doing what we do. That's okay. the plan anyway. That was very David Brent. And just doing what we do, yeah? Just so do. just get with the program. <laughs> Danny, 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 listen, I'm, I love your story. I absolutely love it. But um, uh, just moving from business very slightly, where does religion come into your life? Yeah. Um, weird, you asked that. I didn't even know you, you knew I was a religious man. Well, I say religious man. I, I, I was brought up in church. My wife was brought up in church. Okay. Um, and when I was 16, I started, I started going to church, taking religion a little bit more seriously. And I think, yeah, I started to develop uh, a faith 15, 16 years old and started to realize the importance of that. I think in my life, Heather's life, and especially when we're children, we wanted to make sure that they had access to that. Not that we force anything down the throats, but it's tough these days. And I wanted to make sure that if, I, if we could give our kids any kind of positive uh, take on life, then whether it be uh, religion, faith, self-help books, whatever, we want to make sure that our children have access to that. So yes, faith is important to me. Now, when you say religious, I wouldn't say I'm religious, you know. I'd say that I believe in something, and I'd say that that really helps me with my attitude in life to be, uh, I guess, on the positive side of the fence as opposed mm. to the negative side of the fence. I think mm. the focus on something maybe bigger, greater than me, sometimes has got me through my darkest days. Yeah. Um, whether people believe in that or not, um, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I think each to their own. Some people get that in meditation. Some people get that in, in things, in possessions. Yeah. That's my little vice, I think. Yeah, I think it's interesting you say that. I was speaking to a chap yesterday, uh, not yesterday, day before actually. He's been on the podcast, a guy called Patrick, and he he was talking about his routine. Um, he's got an incredible routine. The guy's got three kids, including twins. They're at the same age gap of, of, of mine. They're just slightly older. And he runs multiple businesses in, in the center of London. And he gets up at half past four. He goes to the gym. He comes back. He wakes his kids up, gets them ready, takes his wife coffee. And he's got this incredible routine. And what he said is, he said, for me, the routine is not made me a successful businessman he said it's provided me with a discipline and if i falter from the routine then i kind of go off the beaten track and it's interesting what you what you the way you described your faith i can i, I i'm looking at the two being quite similar that actually it, it perhaps gives you a little bit of discipline and maybe it keeps you on the straight and narrow. Not not that you personally would ever go for straight and narrow, but it's maybe how I'm justifying it as something that somebody who would think, oh God, really do we believe in in God, especially at this moment in time? But actually how you say is it's your faith and it's yeah, something yeah. that you can get your kids into, which I find really interesting. Yeah. So you, you, you so um, the reason why I mentioned religion is because I've seen you at the uh, Life Church before yeah. uh, in Leeds uh, on yeah. your Instagram. Yeah. And uh, it's like, uh, do you pay to go there? I'm not getting oh, yeah. personal there, but you have to pay. 50% of our income. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> it's free. It's, it's free. free. So, yeah. It's free. The reason I ask the question is because it's like it, 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 the concerts look incredible. Yeah, they are pretty special. They look amazing. They, are, they look they absolutely do. amazing. Yeah. They, they try and make it rele as relevant as possible. Like church, ch church shouldn't be full of, and this isn't the Christian church. I think this is the church globally, whether it's Muslim, Buddhism, whatever. I think it should be relevant. I really think yeah. it's important to be enough. relevant. Uh, <clears throat> and I think the church that I'm a part of has tapped into that relevance and tried to yeah. make church readily available for 19, 20 yeah. year olds that would often be out putting stuff up the nose, perhaps. I think that's interesting. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think it's interesting. And, and I think for anybody who's, who's made it this far in the podcast, thank you very much, by the way. Um, at the Life Church leads, uh, check it out because um, it, is, it is an interesting part. Um, I, I mentioned routine there. Have you, do you have a routine? Daniel? Yeah, so I do. I do. I do actually have a routine. I'm, a daily routine. I am a workaholic. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I, but but I love it, and I get a kick out of it. And because my family is so important to me, I take my kids with me everywhere. They come to client meetings. They come to tasting meetings. They come to weddings. So I don't feel like I ever sacrifice. Okay. You know, people are going about the work, what life balance. Well, life balance, yeah. Mine's just 
the same. My, I've seen you. Of, yeah, I've seen I've seen Avisa. I mean, she's 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 pretty good at serving up the food, isn't she? Yeah, she is. So I've seen her. She's a character. A bit yeah, like you. she is. She is. Yeah. She's a nutter. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we we spend a lot of together time together as a family. So yeah, I, I always tend to get up early. I've always been an early riser, and I just find sometimes just my space in the morning, headspace, just to clear my thoughts. Like whilst I've been here, I just get up an hour before the children, an hour before head, have a coffee, and just kind of like plan the day, mentally plan the day. Sometimes, you know, I'll write down what I want to do for the day. Uh, and then I live by lists. You know, I'm an old school. Do you? Yeah, live by lists. I love to write things down and tick it off. Love it. I just, there's <clears> something <throat> about it since I was like 18 years old. Just love ticking it off. I feel like a sense of accomplishment. Uh, Interesting. Yes. I do that every day. Every day I have my list. Wow. Even on a weekend, on a Sunday? Uh, no, weekends Weekends are our working days. So yeah, well, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's so true. yeah, no. I've, obviously, you got down days. You don't need to write any down days. I'm going to wake up and have breakfast with the children today. It's just a, an organic day. But yeah, yeah typically yeah. weekdays. I try to. That's my kind of discipline. That's what I try to do. Okay, interesting. Good, um, and and I think it's interesting because I, as a as a as a aspiring. I mean, you know, I'm 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 in business. Uh, I have a business partner, um, but as an aspiring business person, I I do take inspiration from people. And you hear about these fads. Uh, I yeah. talked to on one of the podcasts a guy called Lawrence Neal, who who's got his own podcast, talks yeah. about fads, waking up early and doing the routine. But I think it's ultimately it's about you as an individual and how you can find it. But I think um, it's interesting to hear everybody's different little routine inspiration because yeah. you know for anybody who wants to be successful in business um i think they'd be stupid not to take inspiration from successful business people and yeah. so taking something from one and from from the other i think it's really interesting so list is a great i think that's a great little advice um do you do, do you um do you read much are you a reader are you a listener or how does that work yeah you? yeah i love to I, I love to read i love to learn um I, my favorite thing in the world is finding out say for example where we are at the moment um is a beautiful part of like a uh of florida and there's a lot of there's a lot of wealth in this particular area mm. and i just love finding seeing the mansion and find out who lives there and find out about the business screen how they made it i love that i absolutely that's my favorite thing. Yeah, cool. Wiki, going on wikipedia and find out about yeah. how they made it um, <laughs> uh so yeah like Richard Branson, obviously, it's a, I say cliche, everyone knows who he is, but his story is pretty cool. Yeah. Yes, he came from yeah. a lot of money, but I like what he did. I love Chris Evans. He's one of my favorite books, actually. Northern lad, working mm. class background, and went on to purchase, or sell the, sold his business to Virgin for 300 million, which isn't bad from a council house in, um, in Lancashire. Mm. That is good. So, yeah, uh, Gary Vee, I listened to Gary Vee a bit. Um, but you're right. I think what you, I think it's, I think it's important to learn. I think, uh, Growing is so important. You know, the second we, I think, ignore all that, we, we become, I don't know, stagnant. And I think it's mm. always, there's a, I always go back to a weird verse. I know it's it, biblical. And I remember it's, it's iron sharpens iron. And I don't want to get all religious on you now. And I always remember this. And I asked this person, so what do you mean iron sharpens iron? He goes, well, iron sharpens iron. And I didn't get the concept. And then he put the metaphor into real life. He goes, well, if you're around people that are good, you will become good if you're hanging out. If you're rubbing shoulders with good people, you're going to become good. And I put that into my life. If I'm around people that are doing better than me, then mm -hmm. it's going to elevate me, hopefully, mentally. I kind of want that. You know, if someone's yeah. doing well, I'm the biggest cheerleader. If someone does well, I'm the first person that says, well done. And I'm also the first person to say, how, you do, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. um, because I, I, I want that for my life. Not necessarily, not, not, it, it doesn't even have to be monetary. It can be if someone's got an awesome marriage. Have you got an awesome marriage? If someone's like really good father for the children, how do you how do you you know how do you discipline your kids? Mm. It's all it's that kind of thing. So if you ever want to ask me any of those questions, uh, Danny, uh, then you know where yeah, I am. Well, 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 sorry, <laughs> you broke up there, but uh, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, listen, I'm gonna uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to ask you one last question. Have you got any advice to anybody who is either uh, let's take coronavirus out of the situation because nobody could see it coming, but let's just say that you've got anybody who's aspiring to start a bit their own business or are already sort of in, in, you know, in the early stages of their own business, whether it's candle making or whatever it might be, what advice have you got for them? So my main advice would be screw it and do it anyway. Uh, a lot of the times we have to think all our, um, all our eggs are in a basket and everything's set up and the business plan's solid and this is solid. Now, I've never done that. I have never, ever, ever wrote a business plan in my entire life, ever. Ever, never done. Do you do? Do you do? Do you do? Um, P and L forecasting or management account yes, management account? Yeah. Do you do? Obviously, the bigger you get, yeah, you, you you kind of have to do that, you know, for budgeting purposes, so that kind of thing. But okay. whenever we've had a business idea, we just do it, 
and we don't say that flippantly like oh we could just start a business because we've got so much money that's not the case i honestly think business is so simple it's probably one of the most simple uh mathematical equations in the entire world but we often complicate with a business plan i feel like i have to have this much capital i feel like i need to have this and this and have this certification this is this you buy something low you sell it higher and the thing in the middle is called profit and that profit whether it be whether you're a marketer whether it be a you know your industry you're just taking a product you're selling it on behalf of someone thing and you getting a commission and just focus on that little bit. So find out yeah. what you're good at and then work out how you can get that little bit called profit and work out how to do that. And I think once you figure out that, then the rest can fall into place. We've never had a business plan and had 10, 12 businesses over the years uh, and they've all been all right. So that's my, not necessarily conventional and I'm not saying that business plans are bad, but I just think there's certain people out there that want to start a business that are maybe fearful because they don't know how to write a plan. They don't know how to do finances, that kind of thing. And I don't think you necessarily need all that. Daniel, Greg, the, the outside underscore kitchen on Instagram. Screw it and do it. Screw thank it, you it. so much for jumping on this podcast. No, thank you. And do you know it's what? Been, no, been an honor. actually, you know, we have taken up over an hour of your time. You're oh, you, wow. you, you're yeah. stuck in you're stuck in uh, the other side of the world with yeah. your family. It's a very stressful time for you. I know. And and you know, you're still keeping positive. You're still remaining positive. Well, I, I, I think. I think you're an uh, uh, I think you're an inspiring individual, oh, and I'm and I'm I'm very very pleased that uh, that I know you and that I follow your story. Stay with me. I'm going to end this broadcast right now. But uh, thanks for your time, Daniel. Thanks, Andrew, mate. You're a good man. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, then uh, I'm sure you'll have found it as encapsulating as I did. Um, Daniel has got an incredible story as a, as a proper entrepreneur. That's what I'll call him. Um, as a budding businessman who's gone through some difficult times in the past. And that is exactly why I wanted to start this podcast. Uh, because right now we're in the middle of coronavirus and it's a difficult time. And you hear there about Daniel pivoting his business and looking at new ways to move things forward. And if you're a business person out there, I'm sure that you'll reap some uh, inspiration from that. So thank you for listening. Listen out for the next podcast coming soon. Take care. God bless.